1: Welcome to the Coco Express, part of the Blog
0: Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Cocoa Express isn't real Elias. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics, so get on board.
1: Listen. Learn. Listen.
0: afternoon and welcome to the Cocoa Express show. Aurelia speaking and I'm with you for I guess the next 30 minutes. Well today and I have to say I'm glad to be back and we've been working diligently trying to make some necessary changes so as time goes by you will notice some changes in our formatting and um, our just total look of the show. So just you know, be patient with us and keep on listening because we're doing what we can to make it all better. However, thank you once again. I would like to thank each and every one of you. It is summer, so I know you are out there enjoying the weather. And if you're listening to me remotely, just listen and enjoy the view that you're seeing. Today, we're supposed to have with us a Mr. Tamal Robinson. He is a fashion designer and I mean, he really represents himself. You know, we always think about traditional roles and traditional jobs and and going in one direction and not thinking outside the box how what we love to do and how what we are gifted to do can take us into a whole different direction, and In fashion designing, the fashion industry, sometimes we only think of one dimension of that particular aspect, that particular area, that particular industry, but that industry branches off into so many different directions, it is unbelievable, and our guest today happens to be the person who is showing us that there are so many different dimensions to what you love to do and how you can make it work for you and how you can just Get into different areas. Now, the fashion industry is a booming billion dollar enterprise that crosses international borders, and a few you know it better than designer Tamal Robinson. Tamil Robinson, forgive me. Um, Tamil Robinson of Tamil Robinson Group. He has his original trademark textile styles. And being that I have a passion for fashion, you wouldn't know about some of the outfits that I put on. But I'm really interested in having him come on and and talk to us and and let us know who he is, how he got started, the areas that he has ventured into, and how he got into that direction, and what he has in store for us going forward. Please allow me the opportunity to bring to you our fashion designer, Tamil Robinson. Hello.
2: Hey, how you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Did I pronounce your name correctly?
2: Uh, It's Tamil. Um, It's it's pronounced T-U-M-I-L But it's spelled T-A-M-I-L
0: Okay, great Thank you for the correction I am so happy to have you on the show Because, as I said I have a passion for fashion And you have I mean, you have made So many strides In so many different directions And I think people should know about what you do, how you do, and how you got there. So give us an overview of who you are today.
2: Well, today um, I consider myself a well-rounded, classically classically trained artist, um, which allowed me to venture into the fashion industry. Um, A lot of people say, well, how did that happen? and what I was able to do in a fast forward motion, but it took me about 10 years to actually build my own original textile patterns. So as today you would hear, um, terminology is in fashion with textiles like paisley, houndstooth, plaids, polka dots. I was able to morph um, an actual logo that created, you know, over 20 years ago into these different textiles and I had to venture out overseas and work with the different fabric mills and develop these textile patterns, you know, with with this um, logo that I created to be able to morph into the different cottons, silks, prints, weaves, knits, um and, you know, engineered stripes and things of that nature that you would deal with a textile mill. And successfully, it came about and you know morphed into all these different textiles which brought me into the fashion business and with that happening um i got that whole love from my interior design background that's what got me involved into the whole textile part, portion of it so the classically trained art side of me being able to paint master airbrush watercolor pen and ink wash was able to Enabled me to develop the images for the textile patterns, and then I was able to go overseas and
0: develop these with fabric mills. Okay, that is amazing. Um, as I was growing up as a, a child, my 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 grandmother and my mother they were very much into sewing and um, upholstery those things. So I do understand what you're saying, and I do understand that when you're doing textiles for furniture it's different than doing textiles for clothing design so um, it's to, and the fact that you are able to take these different types of you know like the house tooth and paisley and polka dots and stuff like that and create your own type of textile that is so technical I mean how involved does it take I mean how much time does it take just to create one design
2: well, from the textile side of it, it's a process in its own self. Um, just to make a long story short, basically we would go into a lab, develop the different yarns. So it starts from the yarn. So with our textiles that we have for TRG and all the brands that we develop for TRG, which would be our Conic Collection, the Amiyah Collection, and you know TCA, um, what we what we did was was so ingenious we would do everything from the yarn. That was that means all of the textiles that you see in our collections are developed from the pure yarn. Grey goods cotton, silk, we actually see the silk worm spinning out the silk. So it starts from there, from the from the embryo stage and developed into all these textiles so we'll be able to weave, print, dye our own colors, lab them. so it is a process. And that sometimes can take 30 days, 60 days, or six months, depending on what kind of quality that we would need. Like our silks are at a air mass quality. So we do everything from the highest point. So when we're able to put our collections on the market, well, how do you stand out from X designer or this designer or that designer? You know, we originate our own textiles, so that's where it begins and that's where it went and goes and goes from there
0: okay now grant that that is in itself is interesting so when you're creating these particular textiles do you already have the design in mind like the the pattern for the fabric in mind when you're creating these actual textiles or is it something that comes as you go along and you dye it yourself
2: no, we act, we actually come up with the textile first, a um, floral, depending on what season it may be. So summertime, so right now we're doing spring, summer 2016, and it's all about the floral, which the houndstooth would take, you know, second to that uh-huh. because that is our staple pattern. That houndstooth pattern is like world renowned, renowned right now. So but right now, but being at a spring-summer spring, summer situation, we have the floral. So that's what we concentrate on. So that floral can go into anywhere from a silk-printed dress to an intarsia-knitted light sweater, same floral, but it'll have a different texture because it's a sweater. And then I can also morph that same textile, that floral textile, onto a shoe. Now I can customize it myself and hand airbrush it, or we can get it digitized. And put onto the fabric that will, you know, a, a shoe fabric that's wearable for, you know, the elements for a shoe. Mm-hmm. So that same textile design that we came up with on paper from Idea morphs through the different various textiles from cottons, silks, sweater knits, even to, you know, footwear.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. That mm-hmm. is amazing. Wow. Now, yeah. okay. You're able to do that and you have all the different textiles. Now, my thing is which I found so extremely exciting and interesting was the fact that you were able to move into the sports arena with these textiles. How did that happen and what did you do?
2: Well, the sports the sports licensing side of the Mill Robinson group actually happened first. So the whole sublimation printing thing was out like in maybe the 1990 or early 2000s when it started, you know, that was the, the growing trend, this whole sublimation thing, you know, onto uh, synthetic fabrics like rayons and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, fabrications that have um, like a poly-based into it. It's like a man-made material. So it's not really a natural yarn. So that was the big thing then. Um, I was able to come up with different uh artistic looking uh they call sublimation fades where you know things faded from blue to white, red to white, it has like an almost like an airbrushed effect but it's digitized. So mm-hmm. I was able to morph that into the whole sports arena and I did uh the NFL Pro Bowl jerseys with those with that whole concept. So if you saw like the two thousand two, two thousand three NFL Pro Bowl jerseys you know, I was able to work with NFL and develop these whole uniforms where Tom Brady, Michael Strahan, all your Hall of Famers wore those uh, two years in a row. As a matter of fact, you know, it was the first time that NFL used Pro Bowl uniforms twice in a row because they thought it was a great idea. Um, it, it was really, really a phenomenal situation because it was the first time that NFL, you know, went outside of the market, you know, their normal. R&D department and say, hey, we're going to do some uniforms. They thought my talent was very, very good, and they asked me to develop those uniforms. And from there, went over to Reebok, where I did the Alan Iverson collection, and developed some staple items, too, like the zip-away, breakaway pant, and was able to use my artistic abilities and to do different color blocking and piping. A lot of stuff you see on Phil right now, you know, we did that way, way back, <laughs> you know.
0: hmm Okay, that's that's amazing, and um, so and you also have now branched into Major League Baseball as well.
2: Yeah, we had a um, opportunity to work with MLB with uh, the Robinson family, and it um, was with the grandson Jackie Robinson, and he wanted to do something a little different. Um, unfortunately, he passed in twenty thirteen at a very young twenty thirteen at a very young age, and. We were left, you know, pretty much holding the baseball, no pun intended,
1: to mm-hmm.
2: continue that whole life. And so we had a chance to work with them and, you know, in talks to try to get that going again and really make that whole legacy um, something that can withstand the test of time, like um, the legend has, but into an active sportswear.
0: Okay. Oh, wow. Great. That's amazing and that's interesting. Now, okay, we started with that particular part and we have an understanding of what you're doing now. Now, we're going to roll back to the beginnings. How did we get you to where you are now? Where did you start? Where did you get your beginning?
2: Wow. I was, at my beginning I actually was at Arts High School in Newark. Um, mm-hmm. We that was that's a performing arts school music art drama sort of like Fame, and but it was in New New Jersey. Um, I can say that was like my best training ever. That's even brought the collections and the talent today from those teachers. Um, some may be here with us now, not you know gone, um, but they have taught me how to actually expand my talent, you know, in the arts visual arts background, which is very, very important for me right now to stand out from any other designer. So there was the watercolors, there was the pen and inks, there was the life drawings and, you know, still life uh, classes and the photography class, everything, all of the mixed media that I've learned at that, at that high school, you know, for those four years prepared me 30 years later to make this happen in a big way. And then in between that, I've I've been able to travel the world to different countries and work on different brands for other factories and other companies and hone in my skills, you know, business fashion skills or fashion business skills. And basically um, experience taught me and mentors, you know, different pattern makers and, you know, expanding my talent to being able to Morph my talent into real collections and fashion, interiors, home decor. So the talent actually is the driving force behind all of the collections that we built.
0: Now, coming from Newark and going overseas, what was that like for you? Because I know that a lot of times people who are very successful – are afraid of branching out. So t- explain to us how that transition was to go from being in the United States and then going overseas and working with foreign countries in foreign countries.
2: Well, I I got my first taste over Japan when the whole urban streetwear thing was just taking off. Um, I was traveling with this thing called the Black Expo. Mm-hmm. And remember, that I used to go to every city,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: I would have a booth and show my Airbrush collections, and you know, making different shirts and tops and have them embroidered, having different things done to them very artistically. So we traveled. and this was this was like in the early '90s, you know, when we were when we were traveling with that. You had the, the guys from Fubu and Mecca, and you know, all those cross colors, like they all travel with that Black Expo first. Before this whole going over to Las Vegas Magic Show
1: happened, mm-hmm.
2: so once that magic show took over and they saw that this was a could be a big booming business, everybody started segueing into Las Vegas Magic show. That was a big trade show that happens in Vegas. All of the countries from all over the world go there and put up their booths and sell clothes, so this whole urban thing was a big phenomenon. So that pretty much killed the Black Expo. So once I left that situation, I went on 7th Avenue and started doing work for different companies, you know, working with different companies. And I saw that, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. You know, I'm putting a lot of time and talent into these companies, and I'm really not learning anything. And that brought me back to when I was going to art school. They were actually teaching me, you know. So when I got into 7th Avenue and working with these different companies, I felt that there was more to this than me coming into a cubicle and working on a computer. I needed to really branch out. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what, I'm going to take a trip. I'm going to start going into the... Back office, or what you would, you know, call it, or behind mm-hmm. the scenes of a, of a design house, and started traveling to different countries, working with the different fabric mills or shoemakers or what have you. Whatever I needed, if it was a rivet or if it was a sequence that I wanted to develop, you know, I wanted to be at the beginning of that, and I couldn't be at the beginning of that on Seventh Avenue because mm-hmm. it's just there. It's seventh Avenue. It's like the end result. To mm-hmm. me, I had to go back so I can push forth. And to anybody that's trying or aspiring or wanting to do something like this, you have to you have to be aware of all of the moving parts that go along with this. It's cool to say I want to come out with a fashion line or I want to come out with a collection or something like that. But you have to know it from the yard and all the way to the finish. So from the sketch, to the yard, to the finish, you're getting the whole course. You know, when you have a meal, you get potatoes, you get steak, or if it's chicken or it's fish, whatever you want, or just vegetables, you can have a hooray. Right? So you have to learn all the all of the moving parts, you know, that goes with that course. And I think that staying in my neighborhood or where I'm comfortable at would hinder me growing as a big conglomerate of mm-hmm. what TRG is about right now in the mission. So I, I encourage to, you have to travel, you have to go and and, and explore and, you know, make relationships because that's, that's a big part of it. You know, people have to feel and touch. You have to shake hands. So it's, it's it's more to it than that. So, and of course, with the talent and the people believing in that talent, I think that, you know, you'll have a better outcome.
0: Okay, great. That is excellent advice. Now, the the other question is, how did you feel being in these foreign countries? How was that oh, experience you I saw, for you?
2: Well, for me, Um, When I went to, when I first landed in Japan, it was different, and they already were accustomed to, you know, the urban scene and, you know, music, because music actually was the bridge, you know, so they were already accustomed to, you know, super rap groups and R&B groups, and and I'm like, wow, they can't even... Speak, speak the language but they mm-hmm. can sing the song so it was kind of funny to me but they were still grooving to the music and everything like that so with that being said when I got there it was real comfortable for me because I still have my element
1: mm-hmm.
2: there and it's you know that's even for China you know my element is there so they're fascinated like wow like you know we really have someone that's from that element there so it made it really comfortable not a language barrier is a little different, but I mean, this is a technology world right now, you know, study a lot, you know, you have interpreters so you can get around. And for me, landing in those different countries and seeing other people like me there from time to time, you know, they may be from Africa or, you know, Australia, whatever it is. But I mean, you know, it's a comfortable situation. It's not like, you know, you, you, you go there, say, like, oh my God, what I'm going to do? You know, it's not like that at all. It was very, for me, it was a, a, an important experience that needed to happen in my life to be able to develop this TRG conglomerate.
0: Okay. Now you keep talking about the TRG conglomerate. Tell us, of, you know, all of the aspects that are underneath this umbrella. So people can really get an understanding of how hard you've worked and what you've developed over time.
2: Wow. It's, it, it's been, it it was a long process. It's finally making its, you know, debut, the TRG conglomerate to the Robinson group. And I had to change that from a single to a plural because, you know, one person just can't do it all. So, mm-hmm. There's a whole team of us, just like your corporate companies, you know, you would see or you would hear about your Jones New York, your Iconics, or uh, your Kelwoods you know, all these big corporations, the Claiborne. They have many, many different levels. And so I felt that um, with developing a TRG group like Barry Gordy did with Motown, I thought that was a great um like uh, I guess of or somebody to look up towards, you mm-hmm. know, that came out from from my from my background. I thought that was a great idea because this really doesn't exist. So I thought that being like a Motown with TRG and the an apparel side of it was a great idea because you have what Motown had: Marvin Gaye, the Supremes. Diana Ross, the Jacksons, and and, and everybody went global. Everybody mm-hmm. from hometown. So I thought that TRG had the same essence and all of the different brandings and all of the different categories that I've touched in the industry. Remember, I did sports licensing. Mm-hmm. I did, you know, private label, um, custom, all of this dealing with apparel or some type of products, um, NBA, of course. I worked on the candy deal with, you know, Earl Monroe, so we did packaging. So all of these different categories fall back into uh, sort of like your different acts. So I thought that was a great, great platform to start us. So Tamil Robinson Group was formed, you know, from that idea because mm-hmm. it can go global.
0: Okay, great.
2: Fashion is a global
0: <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. And now, you, well, you have the House of Amiens?
2: Yes, the House of Amiens. Well, the reason why I call it the House of Amiens, and I didn't want to do that yet. I just felt that now it's like 20 years later, mm-hmm. you know, putting that house there because, you know, naturally I'm not from Paris. You know, I was born here mm-hmm. in the United States and living the Jersey, so I can't do anything about that. So normally your houses would come out of Paris,
1: Mm -hmm. or you know,
2: in that you know the fashion capital of the world. Remember, New York is not the fashion capital of the world; it's Paris. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you know, so being that I'm not born there, I'm not gonna just uproot and just live there. I can visit. I started. I wanted to say, okay, you know what? I'm ready to say the house of Amia because now it is a house that encompasses you know, all of our textiles that are original.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, when you
2: call yourself a house, you have to have something original that you can offer um, to the different genres of a, of tastemakers and the people of lifestyle, you know, where when we can go to the house of Amiya and get beautiful textiles for our furniture or drapes or even clothing, you know, mm-hmm. even, you know, different types of, you know, uh, or a gown that we can do very, very couture avant-garde, you know, so we can make that happen from the house of Amiyat.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: And okay. that means all moods and all textiles is Amiyat, just so you you would know, like all moods and all textiles. That's mm-hmm. what Amiyat means.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you have the Reconic Correct. Arconic, I'm sorry,
2: arconic yes. collection. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, arconic. And yeah, the arconic the archonic collection is basically from an outerwear perspective, but at a mm-hmm. very, very luxury high end. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I call that arconic because of, you know, outerwear is like a heavy piece. It may be light, but it's still a top piece. So mm-hmm. that would you would cover yourself um up with over your suitings or maybe your your army idea or whatever it is. You know, the iconic means that, you know, it's more of an iconic piece. Mm -hmm. So with the R there, you're putting it on, you are the icon. So this is how we develop our iconic collections. Okay. We want it to have an iconic feel. So, but the person that's putting it on, it's you. So you are the icon. So we put iconic.
0: And then you have the T-A-M-I-L by Tamil Robinson.
2: Yes, that's the all male International Luxury. Okay. Which, you know, every letter means that. So I wanted to have something more of a bespoke type of feeling, you know, for that jet-setter guy who's, you know, he's probably, you know, bachelor or, you know, he travels around a lot, a professional guy, and, you know, he's all about luxury lifestyle. So I wanted to have something more of a international feel you know, with a luxurious look to it. So that's how I came up with the Camille collection like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And you had the horticulture label with and bespoke by by you as well. Yes. So, so yes. you have all that's, of these. That's, that's, yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's basically, that's basically all of your top, top, at, you know, top, the highest level of custom-made, like, everything would be definitely custom. That's Mm -hmm. basically, you want it laid out in jewels, you know, stuff that's, you know, pretty much red carpet Mm -hmm. and costume. uh, You need it, like, if we wanted to, if, if, say, for instance, Sony Pictures comes to us and wanted us to develop the whole set, of some space age but they had to look really, really cool to it, and we had to come. That's basically where that will fall under, that whole category. So from red carpet to movie, you know, uh, which everybody relates to, that's basically how we would develop that
0: from Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, and I think I pronounced it wrong, but that's okay because I'm not the expert, you are.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. A okay. lot of people, you know, what's coming out now. A lot of people are gonna, you know, they're gonna say the name wrong until it gets out there and say, oh, it, you know, you pronounce it this couture. way. Couture, so
0: Couture, yes,
2: Couture,
0: now, Couture, yes. I just have to make sure I get it right. I am known for screwing names and and things up. So, okay. but okay. now, now you've you've created all of this. You built you've built a legacy for yourself. And um, what I really wanted to ask you is what would you say to some young young folks who are out there saying, I don't know what to do, there's nothing out there? You are a classic example of the fact that there is something out there. What would you say to them?
2: Well, um, information is key um what we're doing right now spreading the word is key mm-hmm. um i would say to an individual that wants to aspire to be into this business of fashion mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: you have to have something creative within yourself that you can offer like you can you know you can't be like this so if I say, you know, I want to be, this is the Motown of fashion, so it's just the, the, it's the platform, you know, but you still have to have something to offer because it can't be just like Barry Gordian Motown. Mm-hmm. You know, that was phenomenal. So you have to have something to offer, whether it be your image, whether it be your talent and image combined or separate, like have something creative enough, that you can originalize yourself with or, and get people to embrace that image. You know, fashion is image. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to learn that myself because, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, are we doing the urban jeans and this is going to be it? No, but my talent was my talent, you know, it evolved, you know, you're going to grow and you're going to get older, but you can still have a young mind and, and connect to the young, but your knowledge it grows. So you mm-hmm. and you get exposed. So exposure is a great thing. Travel, you know, um, read, you know, look at a lot of different magazines. Um, I try not to look at too many magazines
1: because mm-hmm. sometimes
2: it can get overwhelming, you know, just to see what everybody's doing because a lot of people think that a Tamil Robinson doesn't exist. Um and, you know, I'm really begging to differ right now because we do exist. It is such such thing as, you know, you being able to go out and become this, you know, super designer or super, you know, conglomerate. You can make that happen, but you have to be able to open your mind globally, you know. I know a lot of uh, the up-and-comers or the younger generation, they get boxed in a little bit by one situation you're going to have to be able to branch out and embrace other things. And it might, it, it might not just be clothing that inspires you. It could be food. It could be a drink. It could be uh, a, a scenery from another country that inspires you or some type of trend that you may see in Guangdong, province China, that you know that trend can work back home here in New York or you know wherever you're from in the inner cities you know, in the United States. So exploring right now is very, very key.
0: Okay. And how important is technology? I mean, we know how important technology is, but as far as knowing technology, knowing the different types of um, programs and systems needed to be in this industry, how important is that?
2: I'm going to have to say today is very important because, Um, You look at Amazon, right? Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: that's the only reason they're existing is because of technology, because they have not one store. It's all online. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And they're a big conglomerate right now globally, Amazon, like where they just had Amazon Men's Fashion Week. So they're, they're, they're even saying, wow, we can get into luxury fashion through technology. All of the young generation right now everything is by the phone or iPad or some type of technology so that's your key it's it's it's, it's a tool it's not the answer because you still for me you know I'm from another, another generation but for me it's just a tool. like I would use an airbrush like I would use a pencil or pen and ink for me as technology or say, for instance, the Macintosh computer was to shut down right now, I mm-hmm. can still exist because I can go from pen and ink to pad to mechanical ruler and lay out a tech pack. I can lay out a technical package and develop my clothing or my idea from mm-hmm. my natural talent. So I don't need technology for it. But what I do need technology for is the social media, you know, the online presence. Things that would took would have taken a longer time when they didn't exist. Now that they exist, you know, it's just another tool. And it's mm-hmm. a great tool. So for me it works, but I don't I don't like I don't make it my crutch. Mm-hmm. You understand? So, I understand. There's nothing, nothing we can do about technology It's gonna go forever and ever. And mm-hmm. I wanna bring technology into a power. So That's what we're working on right
0: now. Okay. Now, and I understand exactly what you're saying because um, I guess young people should understand that they should know how to do the manual stuff as well as the technical stuff. And it gives them a greater edge as well. So it gives them an even greater edge because they can fuse the two together, you know, and and, and marry the two together and create something um, phenomenal and dynamic, much like you're doing.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, I don't need the fonts that come with Mac. I can mm-hmm. create my own fonts. Matter of fact, I created my own little alphabet you can see out of my Tamil signature. Yeah. So be it having that artistic ability, I mean, somebody somebody had to create those fonts from that goes into the computers. They weren't mm-hmm. just there. They had an, an, an some type of person or maybe an artist, a true artist, had to create those different fonts. So what I'm saying is if you have that inner ability, use it first so you can stand out. Because Mm -hmm. for me, for, you know, of course they're going to say, well, what makes you stand out from a Carl Lagerfeld or Tom Ford or whoever it may be? Well, you know, I can go to Canvas and make this happen and create original things and that's basically how we are original.
0: Okay. Now, you have an event coming up on September 12th where you're going to showcase your spring-summer line 2016? Yes. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Fashion Week, um, spring-summer 2016 collections. Uh, You'll see um, Amiata, all moves and all textiles for this show. Um, you'll also see some of the 30th anniversary of the airbrush art that I do, but, um, it's really, really different. It's, uh it's going to have some, you know, technical looks to it, engineered looks to it. Um, it's not going to be like what you're usually seeing, you know, from the airbrushing, like, you know, the graffiti shirts, but, um, you're going to see, uh, real hand art on the runway as well as professionally sewn garments you know from from our collection so it's mm-hmm. going to be really nice it's going to have the different bold prints the colors are original um I try to I try to always keep that army blue that we use throughout the season so that's like our trademark type of color that we use we 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 put that in the front for spring summer we scale it down for fall, winter, bring the darker colors out. For, but this this show here, you're going to actually see a lot of pop. Um, we did a nice new melon color, like this a melon, like, you know, from the word watermelon, but it has like a melony look um, with with blues and browns mixed to it, So with the floor, it was really, really nice. Um, we did it in wrap dresses. We did some kimono tops, pants sets. Uh you'll see denim, of course, our original denim, everything from the yarn, uh footwear, you know, you're gonna see some really, really nice uh hand and brush footwear, it's gonna be really cool.
0: Oh really? Well, I, I'm I'm gonna to try to make sure. Now before I say this, who can attend this particular event?
2: Well, we encourage everybody to come out.
1: Okay.
2: Um, if you're a fashion fashion professional or a blogger or buyer or you know, fashion industry tastemaker, uh you know, we we pretty much uh, you have to R S V P to, you know, double exposure media mm-hmm. and they will set everything up.
0: Okay, great, because I wanna come. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm like ooh ooh. I want to see this because I, the colors that you mentioned, blue is my favorite. Orange and the orange family, the blue family, and the orange family, and browns. Those are all colors that I kind of like encompass in my world. So I have I a beautiful
2: green. They yeah, have a beautiful um, green color too, as well as mixing with. Uh, it's kind of you. I guess it's like in a royal blue family. You would kind of mm-hmm. say, but not really. But I have that pair, like, with a nice green. Um, I have, like, a nice, um, I'm just naming names that you would know, like a lilac color, like a purple, mm-hmm. but it's really, mm-hmm. yeah, it's almost pastelish. But, like, all the colors I mix myself at the in the lab, in a in textile lab, and we come up with the yarn. So I would develop the color. Um, they would, you know, mix the color in a lab, dye it on a yarn, and it will be, like, maybe three or four different, Little little small little swatches, It's not really big, mm-hmm. and and this is like a real lap. They're wearing like white coats and everything, you know, the, the really? goggles, the masks, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is yeah this is in a the, in the textile mill, and we develop these different colors. So we won't you know we, we won't use it a regular Kelly green or a regular red. It would be something that's created specifically for us because. I feel that if you're a designer and you calling yourself a you know fashion is or designer period, I mean you have to design it to how it would be stylized you know how you know how would it come out in different lights like you have to think about all of that, you know mm-hmm. not just i want to make this color and it's gonna to pop you know I want to make sure you know it's a it's a nice true looking color. So okay. That's basically how we come up with all the colorways.
0: Oh wow. Now, how can people um follow you? I mean, what are the different social media areas, arenas that are where they can find you?
2: Wow. Uh, you we have a few different ones because you know being that we're like a conglomerate, we have the Tamil International,
1: mm-hmm. we have
2: Iconic Collections, we have Amiat, um We have uh, our Twitters, of course. You can find, if you, you know, Google us, you'll be able to find a lot of uh, our work, you know, on the social media as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, great. That is excellent. I did look at one of your websites, and I have to say, I really like that pink coat, okay? (laughs) Say that again. I really like the pink coat.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The pink coat, yeah. that that coat is. That's from our, and that textile pattern on that coat is, the, snowflake pattern, okay.
0: from the logo. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. That was really cool because I'm like that is really nice, and I do like the other collection, the other part of the collection as well that you have on the um the web page. It's, I like your work. It's really really cool and um i have to say i'm honored to have you and you've taught me a great deal about you know exactly what it takes and what goes into having a fashion i guess career it's just not just you know you show up and you put on an outfit and that's how it goes there's so much more involved and it's so much it's so more deep so much more detailed and then you've also allowed us to know that you can trans in into other arenas as well and still continue doing what you do. And that's amazing. And I have to say that that you are really, I mean, it's really important that we know this stuff and we know about you and who you are and what you do because so often these things go unheard of and people automatically assume that there's only the box to fit in, but you've shown that there's a gray area you can go into and make it make it rock.
2: Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, we're going to branch into, you know, a lot of different things. And, you know, we're, I'm really excited. For me, I'm really excited about the the home decor mm-hmm. um, because I feel like if we're going to become a house, you know, you mm-hmm. have to fulfill the whole lifestyle from your, your whole living experience as far as um, from what you put on to the plate you eat off. So, mm-hmm. I mean... It's it's all about the whole lifestyle of what we're trying to do. But we're doing it in an artistic way and a fashionable way.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's great. That's amazing. So amazing. And I have to tell you, thank you and thank you again for, I mean, I guess you could say that we are awakening our listeners to a whole a whole arena, another arena of things. And I'm loving it. I, and I know my, my listeners are, too, because this is something that I didn't know that I'm finding out about, and I'm sharing with them. So I, I just want to thank you for your time.
2: No problem. No problem. My time is not wasted. I'm actually masking a shoe right now as we speak. <laughs>
0: oh, and I'm a, shoe, I'm a shoeaholic, okay? I, I'm a shoeaholic. And, and I'm not going on rehab either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going into rehab. No, nah, you I'm don't gonna have continue to. Being one. <laughs> I'm right. going to continue being one. But, I mean, if, if the time permits and if you have an opportunity, we would love to have you back. That would be great. Um, I'm going to RSVP with double exposure because I really would like to um, see the, your spring affair, I mean, up mm-hmm. close and in person. I would love that opportunity. And maybe I get the opportunity to meet you in person as well.
2: Paul, that would be great. That would be great. Yes. We'd love to have
0: you at Spring Affair. Great. Thank you. And once again, the Spring Affair is Saturday, September 12th, and you would have to contact Double Exposure so that you can RSVP to attend. It's not something that you just show up to. <laughs> Let me say that again. Oh, yeah. It's not something you just show up to. You have to RSVP. Yes. Yes. Great. So. Once again, thank you so much, and I have to tell you, as I always tell my listeners all the time, that you have to follow your dreams and your passion because you never know where the, where it's going to take you, and you are a classic example of just that. And you can't follow somebody else's dream and vision because they have a different road that they're supposed to travel. There's a whole different destiny for them. Follow your dreams. Follow your visions. Just Just go for it. Do you, and look where it can take you. Camille Robinson is oh, definitely. an example of looking where you, following your dream and your passion can take you. On that note, I would like to tell each and every one of my listeners that you got to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, you will not be any good to anybody. And you always, always, always must remember to love yourself. God bless. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. And I'll thank you again and thank Double Exposure for this amazing opportunity that we had to meet with an amazing, amazing artist who has so much more to show us and so much more to give. Thank you, Mr. Robinson, for joining us.
2: Thank you. Everybody have a blessed and fashionable life.
0: Goodbye. That's Bye. our show for today. So until next time, keep it real, listen, learn, and live.